Washington, D.C., this is on the ground. As the Biden administration, the Pentagon, and NATO continue to provoke war with Russia, anti-war activists rally in front of the White House to stop a potential conflict between the world's two largest nuclear powers. So it's not just about starting a war in Ukraine. It's about stopping them from starting wars all over the world. Starting wars against humanity. It is clear that for African peoples, the U.S., NATO, EU axis of domination continues to represent the greatest threat to peace, human rights, and social justice on the planet today. The U.S. is sending more lethal weapons and public treasure to Eastern Europe as at home working families struggle with housing, food and fuel prices, and mounting death and sickness from COVID. Do not allow for the question, how do we pay for it, go unanswered when we have endless money for the military-industrial complex. Welcome to On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. I'm Esther Ivarum. Well, the U.S. war machine and corporate media continue to ratchet up tensions against Russia this week with an announcement of 8,500 U.S. troops being put on heightened preparedness to be deployed to Eastern Europe, increased flow of lethal weapons into Ukraine, and corporate Democrats in Congress proposing to rush $500 million more for this buildup to conflict. The United States responded in writing to Russia's demands that the U.S. and NATO discontinue placing offensive weapons on its border and that Ukraine, with which Russia shares a 1,200-mile border, not be admitted to the NATO military alliance. And while the U.S. and NATO did not make its response public and asked that Russia also not publicize it, Russian officials said that they were not encouraged by the response. As of Thursday, the war drive was being directed primarily by the United States and the U.K., with Germany and France apparently not signing on to any hot war, and even Ukrainian leadership saying that they do not expect an imminent Russian invasion. Perhaps Ukrainians know what many in the world know, those who are exposed to more than Western corporate media anyway, and that is that Russia will protect its border and protect the Russian-speaking separatist republics in eastern Ukraine against continued attacks, some from Nazi battalions that have been officially integrated into the Ukrainian military since the U.S.-backed coup in Ukraine in 2014. Oleg Barabanov, academic director of the European Studies Institute at the Moscow State Institute of International Relations, explained on Breakthrough News on Thursday how Russians view the buildup of NATO and offensive weapons on its border as a threat. If you have a military alliance with nuclear weapons exactly coming closer to your borders, and it is not friendly alliance for Russia, that's true, uh, the NATO. So in that sense, uh, sure that you must have some concerns what could be the future scenarios, 
what are real intentions of NATO. So in that sense, uh, starting from the beginning of the NATO enlargement in the 90s, Russia was uh, deeply concerned and various promises from both NATO and the White House uh, in the U.S. that Russia shouldn't feel in a dangerous situation. But we can see that all the promises uh, became vague. In that sense, we can see this possible future NATO en enlargement and taking Ukraine into NATO as uh, another imperialist, frankly speaking, step uh, forward in the uh, official U.S. policy. As we go to broadcast, you could call it a deadlock on the diplomatic front. For this show, we turn our sights to the anti-war front. On Thursday, a coalition led by Code Pink Women for Peace, the Answer Coalition, Black Voices for Peace, and others rallied in front of the White House, calling for no war with Russia and to disband NATO. Our coverage begins with the MC for the protest, Sean Blackman of the Answer Coalition. Did y'all see the other day when Joe Biden said that if Russia had a minor incursion, as he called it, into Ukraine, there probably wouldn't be a need for an all-out military attack? The Washington Post said he sparked outrage. He wasn't hawkish enough. And then Biden came back later and, you know, said something sufficiently warlike for the hawks and for this hawkish media. And so we see that there is no real voice of peace inside this U.S. government. Democrat, Republican, we know that war and imperialism is a bipartisan issue. Just like they voted on this criminally obscene, large defense budget, over $700 billion. And for what? And see, a big part of this whole narrative, right, has been characterizing Russia as the aggressor. Why? Because they assembled some military forces inside their own borders. But how was Russia the aggressor? How many Russian military bases are surrounding the United States? None. It is the U.S. and NATO that has made it a point to surround Russia. That's right. Shut down AFRICOM, shut down SOUTHCOM, shut down the 800-some-odd military bases and installations that the United States has all across this earth. And not you, not me, not anybody is made more safe by these bases. The only thing that's being protected are the profits of the war profiteers and by this uh, wealthy elite and this political ruling class. That's the only thing made safer by U.S. imperialism. And so that's why we're here today, because we know that this war would be catastrophic. Not just for us here in the United States, not just for Ukraine, not just for Russia, but for humanity itself. And so this independent anti-imperialist movement has to be the voice of reason. And this is why we're here today. And so we have a number of speakers on program today. We're going to hear from as we continue to build this effort because it is going to take the movement for an effort outside of the political establishment to really end this war drive. 
Because if we lead it up to Joe Biden, if we lead it up to the Democrats, if we lead it up to the Republicans, if we lead it up to that millionaire's club that they call Congress, they will push us all into oblivion and we're here to say no more. And so for our first speaker today, I want you to join me in welcoming Rafiki Morris of the Black Alliance for Peace and the All African People's Revolutionary Party. Give him a hand as he comes. No more war. No more war. No more war. No more war. I tried no more war to draw your attention to the fact that this is business as usual. That's right. This is not some isolated occurrence all of a sudden popped up out of nowhere. They're mad at the Russians. They've been mad at the Russians my whole life. They've been mad at anybody who stood up and said we have the right to govern ourselves. This is their modus operandi. So it's not just about stopping them starting a war in Ukraine. It's about stopping them from starting wars all over the world. Starting wars against humanity. Starting wars on every continent on the planet Earth. This is what we got to stop. We've been here, what, five times this year? First it was Haiti. Then it was Nicaragua. Then we had a flare up in Palestine. Two weeks ago it was Ethiopia. All of a sudden we have coups all over West Africa. And and when you dig behind each occurrence, when you dig behind each incitement, when you dig behind each claim of coming to serve people's human rights, who do you find? You find the people in this house. You find the Democrats and the Republicans. You find them causing this death all around the planet. It seems to me, it seems to us at the Black Alliance for Peace that the optimal zone for human development is to be in a space where bombs ain't falling on your head. Human beings develop best in an environment where they don't have to walk about, worry about bullets singing by them in the streets when they come out to go to work in the morning. Yet they cause bombs and bullets as the solution to every problem. Every problem. You got a problem in Southeast? Bombs and bullets. You got a problem in Nicaragua? Bombs and bullets. You ain't even got a problem in the Ukraine, so you make one up to justify bombs and bullets. I was watching the TV, and they showed a Russian tank speeding down a dusty road, firing in his cannon. Where was that dusty road? In the Ukraine? In Czechoslovakia? No, it was in Russia. So Russia don't even have the right to put its armed forces on its border. Imagine what they would say if somebody come and told them to withdraw U.S. forces from the border with Mexico. (laughs) This is insane. 
We have got to understand what's going on here, people. So I'm going to give you a simple equation. USA equals NATO. Right? So every time you see NATO, think USA. Not just USA, U.S. military. When you see NATO, think Africa. When you see NATO, you know they got a space column? A space command. An international command where they got eyes in the sky to target where they want to drop their bombs. This is a military government and the American people are paying for this death and destruction. Paying for the murder of human beings all over the planet. We should really be ashamed of ourselves. It's a wonder that the people of the world don't condemn all Americans for this, but the people of the world are more sophisticated. They can distinguish between the government and the people. They understand that the government is doing what it wants to do and they don't care about the people. The problem is that the people here don't understand that the government don't care about the people. We don't think we have anything to say about how they spend our money. Over 50% of the tax money they collected is going into military armaments to suppress humanity, to kill human beings. $700 billion, not for his term, not for the next decade, that's just for the next 10 months. In 10 months, they're coming to get 700 million more. This is a crime. This is your money. And and the people of America should be outraged. So spread this word through your social media, through your friends and family, through everybody that you come in contact. Spread the word. No U.S. war against Russia. No NATO war against Russia. No U.S. bombs in Europe. No U.S. bombs around the world. We have to, hey, folks, this is life and death stuff we're talking about here. And we're not talking about something that's getting ready to happen. We're talking about something that's already happening. It's happening every day. The people are dying every day. And your money is paying for it. You shouldn't feel good about that. And if you do feel good about it, then we got a problem. Because you don't understand what your interests are. So the Black Alliance for Peace is totally opposed, not only to U.S. war against Russia, but the U.S. presence in Ukraine. To NATO's presence. We don't, we're not even talking about what they're doing. We don't even want them there. Get out. That's not yours. It don't belong to you. It belongs to the people of the Ukraine. And the people of Ukraine, believe me, are not going to tolerate another U.S. invasion. No war against Russia. No war in the Ukraine. Demolish NATO. Dismantle it. Boat by boat, vehicle by vehicle, gun by gun, tear it down, and do a service to the rest of humanity. That's right. Thank you very much.
No war with Russia! Disband NATO! 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 No war with Russia! You know, it's funny, when you think about NATO and what it purports to be, they say it's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, right? But somehow, we see NATO in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in Libya. Those aren't exactly places I'd classify as North Atlantic. Now, I ain't no uh, geographical genius. But what's clear is that regardless of what NATO says, regardless of what the United States and its junior partners in that body says, all NATO is is just one more vehicle to try to solidify U.S. hegemony, U.S. control, a unipolar world where the United States keeps its fangs and its claws sunk into the people's lands and resources. All over this globe. And you see, that's what this is really about. Because U.S. imperialism knows that it's in decline. Right? Yeah, for sure. And the Joe Biden administration knows that the situation inside the United States is worsening. What has his administration given? to millions of poor, working, and oppressed people in this country since he came into office besides broken promises? Has he delivered on the financial support that he's promised through this legislation? No. It's funny. He got time to meet with Joe Manchin and bow and beg and scrape with him about slashing the thing in half. And what does Manchin does? Go on Fox News and humiliates and says, I ain't voting for it one way or the other. This is who they're concerned with. The Democrats would rather have unity with the right wing of their party than to care about whether or not you and I get to eat, whether or not we have a place to live, whether or not we have access to health care under a global pandemic. You and I aren't even on the list of priorities for this administration and this government. And so, when the social spending thing sort of stalled out, now you see them doing this half-hearted thing around voting rights. Meanwhile, there are far-right political forces waiting in the wing, waiting to have a surge and reassert itself in the electoral realm. This year is a midterm year. Two years from now, we'll have another presidential election. And what are we going to hear? The same old song. You got to vote for us because we're not the Republicans, because we're not Donald Trump or whatever Trump-like figure will arise in his place if he doesn't do it. Because that's what will happen. Trumpism is still the order of the day inside the already far-right Republican Party. And so you and I will be expected to bail out that wing of the ruling class, even though they promise nothing and give nothing. Matter of fact, the only thing that Joe Biden has held true to was when he said nothing would fundamentally change. That's right.
And so this is why you and I have to fight outside that system. You are hearing voices from the No War with Russia Disband NATO rally held January 27, 2022 in front of the White House. This is On the Ground. Now back to the rally. Hello, all. My name is Michael Behrman, and I'm a member of the Party for Socialism and Liberation here in D.C. And today I'd like to speak to you on, on my lunch break about what's actually happening in Eastern Europe, more specifically what the U.S. government led by Joe Biden is actually doing to create chaos and bring us, the people of Russia, Ukraine, Europe, and the rest of the world closer to war. Let us be clear. Russia is not the aggressor. In fact, Ukraine is not even the aggressor. Nor are most European countries in this situation an aggressor, which is quite rare. In fact, it's become clear over the past few weeks that the U.S. and the U.K. are using their so-called defense organization, NATO, to instigate war with Russia over Ukraine. A war that would not only threaten the lives of millions of innocent Russians, Ukrainians, Germans, Belarusians, and so many others on the European continent but also a war that has the potential to devastate the entire world with destructive capability of nuclear weapons. But let us all be clear about where the weapons are and who has their finger already on the trigger. The U.S. has been sending, not only in the past few weeks, but for decades, we've been sending nuclear weapons to the European continent. And the U.S. government says this is to defend democracy and to defend the people of the free world. But we say lies. Lies. The U.S. has been sending weapons to NATO countries and more recently escalating its weapon deliveries to Ukraine not to protect the innocent people of Europe or Ukraine or Russia, but to threaten a country that dares to seek an independent foreign policy and path of development. I'm not here to say that Russia is a perfect country, far from it, but Russia and in fact Ukraine too, who's by the way, whose government is a puppet of the U.S. since the U.S. coordinated coup in 2014, have made clear that they do not seek war. Russia does not seek to invade Ukraine. Ukraine does not think that Russia will invade soon anyway. In fact, most NATO countries have said that they have no reason to believe Russia will invade soon. So why are we told day in and day out from the U.S. corporate media and the U.S. government that we are on the brink of war? I think some history is important here. This is not the first time that the U.S. elite has tried to fool us into starting brutal international conflict. We must remember the long history of U.S. provocations that were used only to expand the U.S. dominance of the world while millions and millions of people, both Americans and citizens from abroad, were killed and suffered. We must remember that how George W. Bush lied about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, which prompted a decades-long war that killed millions of innocent Iraqi civilians and thousands of poor and working-class Americans who were shipped off to fight these wars. We must remember how the U.S. and its junior partners within NATO invaded Libya in 2011, which, like Russia, dared to choose an independent foreign policy and, and a path of development that the U.S. did not approve of. We must remember and continue to be aware of the U.S. involvement in Ethiopia and their attempts to overturn their democratically elected leadership 
which again, chooses an independent foreign policy and independent path of development that the U.S. does not approve of. We must not fall for these false provocations propagated by the U.S. elite and their puppets in the corporate media. Let us be clear again, NATO is the aggressor. The U.S. is the aggressor. It is our duty as citizens of this country to name and challenge our enemy and our own oppressor. We must challenge and struggle against the war contractors who are looking to start more wars to gain endless profits. We must struggle against the financial capitalists who seek to control every country's development. We must struggle against the capitalists and their puppets in the White House, in the State Department and the so-called Department of Defense. We must promote international cooperation and fight against catastrophic conflict. We must advocate for peace and friendship both internally and around the world. We must dismantle institutions like NATO of oppression and only, that only seek war and destruction. And that is why we must engage in this struggle, the struggle for safety and prosperity. Abolish NATO, no war with Russia. No war with Russia. Disband NATO, no war with Russia. No war with Russia. Don't let anyone tell you that 
Sanctions are better than war. Sanctions are war. That's right. It puts a stranglehold on the livelihoods of the people in these countries. It starves people, keeps them away from medicine, keeps them away from basic resources. And the money that goes to destroy people all over the world and their governments is also money that isn't going to what we desperately need right here in the United States. 140 million people in this country defined as poor, living at or below the poverty line. Shame. All that money, over $700 billion for a so-called defense budget. But when it comes to things that actually sustains life, instead of taking it, all of a sudden the question is, well, where will we get the money? That's right. Disgusting. So this is why we have to continue to organize. And as we continue our program today, I want you to join me in welcoming Erica Keynes from the Black Alliance for Peace and the Ujima People's Party. Give her a hand as she comes. Hello, hello. So the Black Alliance for Peace, along with the Answer Coalition, Cold Pink, Maryland Peace Action, Popular Resistance, and many other organizations, have gathered here today in Washington, in front of the White House, as part of an emergency mobilization of anti-war activists to express opposition to the unnecessary and extremely dangerous possibility of war in Ukraine. With 39% approval rating, more deaths from COVID than during the Trump administration, and a failure to deliver on most of the promises made during the 2020 presidential campaign. The intentional escalation of tensions by the U.S. with Russia appears as a clumsy attempt by the Biden administration and the Democratic Party to divert attention from the historic failures of the administration's domestic policies. There could be no other rationale ex explanation for why the Biden administration would encourage the Ukrainian coup government to reject the Minsk II agreement that provided a diplomatic framework for peacefully resolving the internal struggle between the Ukrainian government and the regions that declared themselves independent of the government, unless, according to that national organizer, Adama Baraka, the manufacturing crisis with Russia over Ukraine demonstrates once again the incredible recklessness and outrageous opportunism that the U.S.-NATO-EU axis of domination is prepared to pursue in order to achieve its geostrategic objective of full-spectrum economic and political global domination. Whatever the explanation, it is clear that for African peoples, the U.S., NATO, EU access to domination continues to represent the greatest threat to peace, human rights, and social justice on the planet today. That is why it is so absurd to see the Black misleadership class lining up to demonstrate the support for war with Russia while black people still face the structural violence of capitalism and the terror of state violence from the domestic army occupying our communities that are referred to as the police. Black Alliance for Peace says that it is irrational for any African to embrace the agenda of the empire by giving credence or legitimacy to the crude mobilization of public opinion for conflict on behalf of NATO, a structure created to perpetuate white power and the colonial capitalist project. We are clear. We say once again, not one drop of blood from black workers, the colonized and nationally oppressed in defense of U.S. capitalist oligarchy. 
No compromise, no retreat. No compromise. No compromise. No compromise. Thank you. What do we want? No war. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? No war. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? No war. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? No war. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? No war. And when do we want it? Now. That's right, my friends. No more war. No more imperialism. We're saying no war with Russia. No war on Ukraine. No using Ukraine as a proxy for war with Russia. These are the plans of the U.S. government. And you know the funny thing about what they call mutually assured destruction or MAD? The people who are in charge, in this case, Joe Biden, the Democrats, the Republicans, that whole political class, it's a part of the insanity of imperialism because they will take part in these catastrophic wars even if there's a potential that it could actually hurt them. And so that's why the anti-war movement, the anti-imperialist movement has to organize to be the real voice of reason. Because if it was up to the inhabitants of this building behind me, if it was up to those millionaires that sit in Congress, I shudder to think of what would happen to you, what would happen to us, what would happen to the people of Ukraine, the people of Russia, and indeed all of the people of this earth. But see, we also should be clear that as people here in the United States, in the beating heart of world imperialism, we have a particular duty to struggle against this and to call this out. Because a fall of U.S. imperialism would be an advancement, a benefit. That would be a great thing for humanity to not constantly be under the gun of the wealthiest nation in the history of nations. And so this is what we have to understand, and this is why it's so important that we're out here today, and why we must continue to stand together in unity, because we can only be successful if we are unified. Amen. And so with that, I want to bring up our next speaker. Please join me in welcoming Samantha Garcia from the National Priorities Project. Give Samantha a hand. I want to start off by sharing with you all pretty big numbers. In 2021, for the military, United States taxpayers paid $740 billion. So just in 2021, taxpayers paid $740 billion just for military purposes. That's not included border enforcement and immigration. That's separate. That's just for that last year. And for border enforcement, taxpayers paid $24 billion. So on top of just the military aside, for border immigration enforcement, taxpayers paid $24 billion. So I want to start off with those numbers because I want to share with you all just a little bit about where I'm from. I'm from New Mexico. So New Mexico is the third most poorest state in the whole country. And that's according to the recent census data. And also, New Mexico taxpayers paid $3 billion for the military. So while we're one of the most poorest states, we're the top state for the lowest median family salary. 
highest in uh, divorce and separation rates, one of the states with the highest child care costs, and amongst the states with the highest violent crimes per capita. And just last week, the governor actually sent the military, the National Guard, to schools because we have uh, staff shortages in schools and in hospitals as well, which I know is not just happening in New Mexico. So here we are, right, sending the military to places that they do not belong in our communities, traumatizing our children by putting very militant and people who just don't belong in our schools, in our hospitals, you know, while people, are, while children are trying to learn, while people are trying to heal. Here we have this presence in our communities and we're starting to see how the military is being sent to different parts of our communities while we're here and while all this money has been spent on the military, not including the NDAA that passed, that was $778 billion. $778 billion. And here we've been struggling to pass the Build Back Better agenda, which would exactly address the needs that we have right now. We're reeling from, a, from the pandemic. Climate change is causing disasters across the whole country. Not that it hasn't, you know, we know this because the U.S. actually is responsible for 25% of all carbon emissions since the Industrial Revolution. So that's centuries of environmental racism since the 1700s or so. So, well, here we have all this displacement of people of color all over the world because that's what's happening. All these erratic storms are destroying their livelihoods, so a lot of people are are being forced to migrate. And here we have, right, our border getting militarized. While we, here in the United States, are very, very much responsible for so much of the cumulative damage that has happened to the world. And so I wanted to share that with you all because it's important for us to start to pay attention to what our tax dollars fueling. They're fueling hate. Who's getting all the money? Corporate conglomerates. That, Because no one's benefiting from all this money. Like, communities aren't seeing this money. Definitely my people in New Mexico are seeing that, that money. And we're a state that's predominantly composed of people of color. Indigenous people. A lot of pueblos, a lot of rural areas that didn't have access during during the pandemic. The Institute for Policy Studies, we have the National Priorities Project. And we have really, really powerful tools there. It's called the trade-off tools where you can go in and just check and add your state. Um, like for D.C., I know that it... They paid like $2 billion for the military just in 2021. God knows how much other states are paying that are also like struggling so much because of the pandemic and because of climate change and because of everything that's been happening, everything that we've been facing also with inflation and costs going up. So I want to conclude with that, that as we're standing here on the brink of another war since 9-11, we just five months ago, we just ended a 20 year war. And what do we have to account for that? Loss, displacement, destruction of communities, of generations. Since 9-11, the U.S. has spent $21 trillion, with a T, $21 trillion since 9-11. So that's so, so much money that if we pay, if we just like take a step back and reflect, like, where would we be at? How do we invested all that money in our people in us that's right taxpayers that that's that's our money that is our money that's right and so 
These people are taking our money and they're just fueling hate. They're causing more pain and as we understand like what we do to somebody else in different parts of the world will come back to us. We're all interconnected. I, I do want to end on a hopeful note. The hopeful note that I can have is just like to tell everyone that our voices, social movements tied with like transformative policy ideas have changed the world. And that's why we stand here. And I just want to thank everyone for being here and for speaking truth to power. That last voice was Samantha Garcia of the National Priorities Project speaking at the No War with Russia Disband NATO rally at the White House on January 27, 2022. This is On the Ground. Stay with us. Hi, everyone. Hello. 
I just want to thank everyone who spoke before me and everyone who's in front of me, but also those of you at home. So the majority of the American people, the U.S. Uh, people in the U.S. do not want war. For those who can mobilize at home, organize, have demonstrations in the streets, if you can, have conversations and pressure those in power to not bring us into yet another war. The U.S. and Russia are home to 90% of the world's nuclear weapons. Our opinions about Putin and Russia, while they may be strong, are irrelevant to the danger and potential loss of life and ecological degradation posed by a U.S. war. Yeah. Have we not learned our lessons from Afghanistan and Iraq? For those of you who don't know what NATO is or don't understand imperialism or the military-industrial complex, our education and mainstream media doesn't allow for that. But please do not stay quiet in this moment. What's going on in the world and in our communities is overwhelming, but we need everyone. Like we said earlier, we need thousands of people in the streets. Yeah. Follow the accounts of these uh, partnering organizations or reach us out to us directly. Email me, olivia at codepink.org, and I can help connect you with people in your communities who are here. Please do not shy away at this moment. For me, I was 11 when the U.S. went to Afghanistan. And 20 years later, we spent that I know of $21 trillion on war, destruction of people, the planet, surveillance in other countries, and here at home, disproportionately hurting and harming black, brown, indigenous, poor, and low-income communities. Just last month, Congress passed, like Sam said, a $768 billion military spending bill. Shame! What is that? Shame. Who benefits the most from this? We can't say it enough. Weapons manufacturers, arms dealers, intelligence communities. We can go on and on. The Lockheed Martins, financial institutions like BlackRock. Raytheon is already telling its stockholders today, publicly, that this is going to be a banner year. Shame! Shame! If $768 billion was, wasn't enough, Congress is ready to speed through legislation that would give them $500 million more. Oh, but I invite us to reimagine and rethink and publicly say, what is national security? And what should we be investing in instead? Since September, Tank, we launched the Cut the Pentagon budget for the people, planet, peace, and a future. And we have talked with thousands of people um, asking what they would find instead. And it's been things like affordable housing, health care, childcare, quality education, COVID relief, livable wages, green jobs, reparations for black communities in the U.S. and communities in the global south who have suffered under U.S. imperialism. Do not allow for the question, how do we pay for it, go unanswered when we have endless money for the military-industrial complex. Yeah. The largest threat to national security is the climate crisis. And the climate crisis is rooted in white supremacy, patriarchy, capitalism, and colonialism, and fueled by militarism. As the Pentagon is the largest consumer of oil and emits more fossil fuels than over 100 countries. We have 800 military bases across the globe and here at home. What a waste. Right now, the ongoing indigenous-led movement to demilitarize Hawaii is working to shut down Red Hill after 100,000 homes have been affected by the Navy jet-contaminated waters. 
The U.S. continues to support the U.S.-UAE coalition and their imperialist war on Yemen that just this week included a four- to five-day communications blackout and funds and supports the ongoing Israeli occupation of Palestinians with continued cleansing of its neighborhoods that has escalated this week. What is on the brink of happening with Russia is a moral, financial, and environmental nightmare. The U.S. and NATO have played a major role in exasperating this conflict, and we must now call on them to play a role in its de-escalation. Join us in the streets in the weeks to not allow for companies like Raytheon, like Lockheed Martin, to make a killing off a killing, but instead come together and pull in our community to show what is possible and what we should be investing in instead and using reparations for to make up for the harm and need. So thank you all again for coming out here. Who out here is going to join us again next week? Let's hear some noise. Who out here is going to bring your friends, tell your communities, have those conversations with folks who may not know, know what's going on? Can I get a pause? Who's going to do that? Okay, well, please join us um, as we will continue to have more of these. Um, but before we do wrap up, we're going to have some music. And I'm going to throw it back over to Sean. All right. No war with Russia! Disband NATO! 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 No war with Russia! Okay, well we're here of course with someone who I would call a culture warrior here in Washington DC, Miss Lucy Murphy. Someone who's been a, a fixture at all of the relevant struggles happening in this city going back years. We can always count on her to remind us of the importance of culture in struggle to keep us moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sean Blackman. I want to um, say a few words before I introduce my friend who's going to sing with you and with me, I'd like to get a little call and response going, and I want you to say the words slowly so that everybody on the webinar can understand you. U.S. Matter. 
Yemen! And if I could go on about all the other countries, we'd be here all afternoon. But anyway, what do we call funding more than 800 U.S. military bases in foreign countries while U.S. citizens go hungry, homeless, and suffer medical neglect? Lucy Murphy will have the last word on today's show. We featured voices rallying in front of the White House as the Biden administration, the Pentagon, and NATO increase aggressions toward Russia. The organizations participating included Code Pink Women for Peace, the Answer Coalition, which stands for Act Now to Stop War and End Racism, Black Voices for Peace, Popular Resistance, the Party for Socialism and Liberation, and the Priorities Project. At our website, onthegroundshow.org, you can check out this and all of our current and past shows. Contact us and support us. You can also let us know you like the show on Facebook, Twitter, or on patreon.com at On The Ground Show. You can follow me on Instagram at Esther, E-S-T-H-E-R underscore Everum. I-V like Victor, E-R-E-M like Mary. Our podcast is On the Ground with Esther Averam, and you can subscribe on all your podcast platforms. Our podcast, our social media pages, and website all have a protest sign with green lettering that says On the Ground. The music we played this hour included 99% Revolution by the Heliocentrics, and our theme music is Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. Until next time, take good care and keep raising your voice. Peace.
Thank you so much to listeners who have gotten on board with us and joined our Patreon page. We are a totally independent operation, independent journalism uh, produced here from Washington, D.C. We don't have any corporate backing. You see, we don't have any advertising and we don't want any. We want to be supported by our listeners and by the people. So please, uh, if you enjoy the podcast, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N forward slash on the ground show and uh, become a member on Patreon. Uh, That's the best way because I can send you automatically an email every time we post the show, whenever we post bonus content. You can also go to the website on the ground show.org and click on the donate now or donate uh, support button. And it will tell you all ways you can give including PayPal and anybody who uh, wrote a check and sent it to us. We apologize. We had some problems with our mailing system. And so if you received a return check, please return it back and at that same address and we will get it. We've gotten everything straightened out. Anyway, thanks so much everyone for listening and supporting and can't wait to bring you next week's show.